You're listening to Overtired on ESN with Insomniac's Christina Warren and Brett Terpstra. And this week we're joined by Ashley Esqueda. How's it going, Ashley? So good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I just had you on Systematic this week and I had so much fun. I had to uh, I had to invite you to this. So this is kind of your first time talking with Christina. Yeah, we're and we're Twitter best friends. Yeah, we're guys, best friends yeah, on you Twitter. You guys are going to be best friends in real life, too. I swear. I love it. Good. No, That's exactly just, what I was hoping for. <laughs> tell tell the audience. I mean, they should know who you are, but tell us. Uh, tell tell them where they can find you and, and the kind of stuff that you do. So I'm a senior editor and host of Tomorrow Daily on CNET. So I host a daily tech talk show that is sort of future tech and weirdness and you know geek pop culture, everything that you can think of that's coming next. Like whatever the next thing is, that's that's what we uh, that's what we like to cover. You're so my that's people. Mostly what I do. You're my people. I th- I mean, is it is is I don't think there's really any better like thing. Like it's so much fun. And there's so much weird stuff. Like people just trying things. Yeah. Like we were talking today about a, a pair of stilts that some guy is like creating, he's developing. And <laughs> when you're using so when you use VR, when you're in the Oculus Rift and you're like stepping over things, the stilts raise and lower as Oh, that's so cool. I mean, but it's it's totally insane. Like no one's ever it's never gonna catch on. That's not gonna be a no. thing. But it's but no, I it'll love never it. catch. But it's fantastic. Have you seen the Recon Jet or whatever it is? The 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 glasses that are like it's like Google Glass, but for sports. Oh yes, yes, so good. I love all this stuff. It's insane, and they're fantastic. I mean, they're they're like you said, it's never gonna take off, but it's amazing. Um, my favorite thing is that uh, you know, uh, Grand Theft Auto Five. It's been out for like a couple of days for PC, and already mm-hmm. the Oculus mods. Oh, yeah. Have arrived. And I don't have an Oculus at home um, or even really a, a decent PC, but that is enough for me to want to like buy both so that I can yeah. play. Because to me, I feel like Oculus is like killer app is Grand Theft Auto, truly. It, I mean, that's a pretty good reason to buy. You know what I mean? Like a pretty good reason to pick up an Oculus, but it's also you know, one of those really awesome things where it's like, um, you know, it, you can also get so much more out of it besides GTA, which is pretty cool. That's true. No, I, I think Oculus is the future. I, I, I don't know how far it'll take off, like take off, but I'm uh, I like it. I like it a lot. You know what it's, I like? What do you like, Brett? That we went like under completely uncharted waters before we were even on topic. That's perfect. This is perfect. <laughs> Everything's working out exactly as planned yeah no i mean that's that's how this works i mean just from us starting the show we're just like we're like oh we're gonna talk about movies and tv and then we talk about tech for the first few minutes but this is how we roll brett you know this oh i'm fully aware i love it okay i'll, but I'll roll like that that sounds pretty good to me so this is why we're so excited to have you on a we're excited to have people on period and b like yeah we're like soul sisters like completely and utterly yeah but um so well, we do want to kind of talk about movies and TV because our audience likes that and we like that. So uh, we were talking about this beforehand. I mean, both of us, we've seen this movie a million times. And I know Brett has seen it a million times. But one of my favorite movies ever, 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 ever is Clueless. Oh, so good. So good, right? Like, And it's freaking me out because it turns 20 on July 19th. Well, we're going to be old and dead soon. I know. 
And it freaks me out because like one of my best friends, she's 22. So I can't even like begin to like, I mean, she's seen Clueless obviously and really likes it, but like I was 12 and she was two and it's really weird. Um, But um, I got the soundtrack on vinyl. I love that. So I saw you post about that and I love that so much. I mean, I don't, we have a record player in our house, but we don't use it a whole lot. Um, and man, I just, I saw you post that, that link and I just looked at the vinyl album cover and I was just like, wow. Yeah, no, it was, it was a really funny thing too, because I, um, was talking about, uh, Clueless, uh, with my friend Allie, because I want to throw a, a party for the 20th anniversary. I want to have like a Clueless themed party. And Allie had a good idea. She was like, it could be the Pismo Beach Disaster Relief Fund 20th anniversary party. Oh my God. Um, I love that. yeah. And, and, and she, um, she does events and stuff and she's really awesome. And so I don't know where it's going to be yet, but we're going to make it awesome. And, and we have some time to plan it out. And then I was talking about it with her and I was like, you know what? I want to listen to the soundtrack. So I pulled it up on Spotify and I'm listening and then I realized, I was like, you know, I've got, I have it on audio tape and I have the CD somewhere in a drawer someplace. I was like, but you know, I should go ahead and maybe, you know, get the MP3s or something. So I pull up Amazon and I look and I notice that it's like twenty two ninety nine. I'm like, this is weird that it's that expensive. And then I realized that it was on vinyl and I went, huh, I don't remember it being on vinyl. And then I looked at the release date and it came out on April 8th, 2015. And so it came out last week, which just makes the whole thing that much more perfect, right? It was meant to be. It was meant to be. So I ordered it yesterday, like yesterday evening. And I got it this afternoon. Go Amazon Prime. And uh, it was funny because Allie was like, don't tell you know Grant that I was enabling you. But when I told my husband, I, I, I am him that I bought it. His response was not to like make fun of me for buying vinyl for an album that I already own a few times over or being like, we don't have room for all this crap you keep buying, but was to send me um, an Amazon link to um, these easy vinyl uh, photo album frames so that you can easily frame like a vinyl record and then hang it on the wall. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So I bought one of those too. That has not arrived yet. That'll probably arrive tomorrow. But um I was like, and this is why we're married, because that's your first response, which is like, you can hang this next to your Clueless poster in the living room. I love that you have a poster, too. This is this is a delightful turn of events. And like, I mean, again, to anybody listening, I mean, Christina and I follow each other on Twitter, and we've never really actually had a conversation. So you're going to hear us become best friends over the course of that's this That's exactly show. it. You're going to hear exactly us become it. best friends. <laughs> I'm glad you're framing it, because... I feel like adding scratch to the mighty, mighty boss tones and the crows <laughs> just might ruin that for me. It might. Yeah. It might. I mean, well, and the Radiohead, Radiohead, I won't lie. Like, I knew Radiohead before Clueless, but Clueless was really probably, like, the soundtrack that got me into them. Because I knew Creep, but it came out, like, right around the same time that the Bins came out, the movie came out. And so those two things kind of coincided, and I was, like, got buying both, like, albums from, like, Turtles or Blockbuster Music or whatever the music store was then. While I have a great love for Clueless, I, I'm going to separate from the pack here and say that the only song on the soundtrack that I liked was Mullethead by the Beastie Boys. That was a good song, but you didn't like Supergrass's All the Young Dudes? That was a really good cover. Didn't love it. Didn't love it. Yeah, see, I like that song a lot. See, I'm, I'm, I was, at the time that I was watching the movie, I was extremely pretentious about music. So a lot of, of this I are. just have a lack of exposure to well, I mean, but Amy Heckerling is so badass, and she is, like, such, like, a legit, like, hardcore, like, um, 
person or whatever that you know she picked really cool music for for, yeah. for the movie it I was mean, fitting music it, worked it was fitting in the music. movie it I just completely did to it Oh, but then that's the thing. Like she was like a like she took the language from Southern California and from that era. Like she was using the the right terminology and the right slang because she studied slang books and all kinds of stuff like that. And then she picked the right music and and it was completely like it fit with that era. And it so sounds like 1995, but it's still a really good soundtrack. Like it's still a really good soundtrack. And what's funny is that Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. It was a few years before the whole you know they got big actually, but they were like the house band. And um, at the party in Clueless. Yeah, that party. I mean, it was also that movie. They're not on the soundtrack, but it was in the movie. But Just a Girl from No Doubt played in Clueless. And that was a good, I guess, year and a half before that was released as a single. So, like, yeah. No Doubt's first, like, time any of us ever heard them was in Clueless. It, that that's how sense. cutting. I always mix her up with Alicia Silverstone. Well, but that's like how cutting edge, like Amy Hackerling was. It was like she, like, heard, like, these, again, these, like, San Diego kids. It was like, okay, yeah, we're going to put this here. Yeah. So they're like really up and coming. I mean, they, and they were at that point because I've I've I was I'm born and raised Southern Californian. Like right. I've been here my entire life, and at that point in '95, like they were coming up, and everyone kind of knew in that scene that they were going to be huge, and but it just hadn't happened yet. And so, um, super fascinating to sort of like hear that come along and you know when that happened everybody was so excited because it was like oh my god this is the, this is the band like this is them like you know and and then it, and then it still didn't happen it still didn't happen for like another year and a half like you were saying like tragic kingdoms really it blew up in like 96 97 yeah it was yeah it was like late 96 and so. and then and yeah because i mean and then you know don't speak you know it was like the big i mean just a girl was big but yeah. but it was really don't speak that was like the song yeah that was the song that played at every eighth grade dance. Yes. Every oh. eighth grade dance. Every, every eighth, eighth grade, grade dance. dance. Every high school dance. Oh, yes. So we sad. all so were pining over that whole angst. thing. Yes. The angst because it was so palpable and the video was so good. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, man. I just I like. It is really I, it's such a fat like, man, that movie is so good. And everybody, I, I like to think of it as the 20 year anniversary of Paul Rudd's ceasing of aging. Like he yes. just stops. He just does. I don't think he's aged anymore. No, he hasn't. I think BuzzFeed or somebody was like did like a post where like, no, it wasn't BuzzFeed. It was Vulture. They had this great quiz where you had to guess whether the photo was of Paul Rudd like modern day or Paul Rudd from like 20 years ago. And I got it wrong. Like I I did this over Christmas and was one of those things where it was um, really hard to tell. Like I was able to finally kind of get it, but the, there were plenty of them where he looked younger now than he did like in the early nineties, even before Clueless. It was bizarre. Yeah. I, th- I think he's just stealing people's souls really. I mean, I don't know how he's doing it. I'm assuming that it's soul stealing. Yeah. I mean, I think that must be what it is. I mean, it, Some he's, machine. He's, yeah, he, I mean, he's doing whatever, uh, Christy Brinkley and like, uh, you know, uh, uh Cindy Crawford do, but, but like mm-hmm. beyond that, because he genuinely like hasn't, um, I'm, I'm going to paste uh, this thing in our, in our quip uh, link um, so that people can see this. But our the, the quiz is on Vulture, and it was take our ageless Paul Rudd quiz, and it's it's really really interesting. I got to um, I definitely am going to get in on that. Yeah, you know no, the release date for Clueless was on my birthday, July nineteenth. Yeah. I, oh, happy! Oh birthday. my god, happy birthday, Brett! Right, that's right? Happy amazing. Birthday. And it's also. Interesting note, the 200th anniversary of Jane Austen's Emma, which Clueless was loosely based on, that's mm-hmm. this year too. 
That's, see, you know, that's really cool, right? Because it was totally Emma. And I remember checking Emma out of the library and reading it because of the Clueless connection. That's how into the movie I I, was. I think think that movie kind of caused, at least among people that had the inclination to begin with, kind of like brought Jane Austen back into a a whole new generation. I would totally agree with that. And and it kind of set off, I mean, I argued, and I, I made this argument when I was in college, um, where I majored in film, and I made the I made the argument that Clueless and Scream were like the first two films that like kicked off like basically the next decade of like teen movies, like the Renaissance. Like a lot of people kind of cite American Pie as like the the, the breakthrough moment, but I actually think it goes back to Clueless, and especially so would Scream. Would you put Would you put like Heather's and Pump Up the Volume in the last generation then? Yeah, and I would actually say Heather's is one of those weird ones, and that it became a cult classic, right? But it wasn't like a big hit at the box office, and it was I at the, yeah. And it was at the tail end. I mean, it was way past, you know, the the the, the Porky's, you know, the um, kind of the horror genre stuff and, and, and Fast Times and Ridgemont High. You know, it was a different sort of film. I mean, you know, Heather's and Say Anything came out in the same year and they're vastly different films. Um, uh, they're both amazing films. But, you know, but Heather's and I love Heather's so much, you know, but that that was a weird movie then. And that's a movie that like when we tried to remake it, in, in, even, you know, in the 90s, it was with Jawbreaker and they had to have consequences and they weren't able to do what they did. You know, mm-hmm. we, I think we've made the argument on this show before. They would never be able to make Heather's now ever. No. I mean, ever. A, you wouldn't be able to get the actual, you know, have actual teenagers playing the roles. Um, B, you would never be able to have a movie who your whole thing is basically murdering people and then framing it as suicide. Like, there, with the dark humor, there would just be no way. And then it ending with, like, somebody blowing the school up. Like, there'd be no way. Like, yeah. I, it, it, just the same way that Fast Times at Bridgemont High, another Amy Heckerling film, you know, her first film, um, would not be able to be made today because, you know, they showed an abortion without it being like hand-wringing and terrible. You could not do that today. You could not, you know, Jennifer Jason Lee's character, got Stacey got an abortion in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. This is 1982. In 1992, in 2002, in 2012, in 2015, you could not mention the A word at all unless it was immediately followed by, oh no, you know, she'll give it up for adoption or whatever. Like, there'd be no way. I mean, they were, they were showing the consequences of sex, but they weren't saying don't have sex. Does that mean we're regressing? Uh, I think so. I mean, because I, you could say ten years before that you couldn't say it either. Um, so we like I'll, peaked in edginess. Well, I don't know because ten years before you could have because Maude got an abortion before Roe versus Wade. It's so um, funny that you know that. I know, it's like off the top of your head. Well, it was it, it had just passed. It had just become legal in New York, but it was, still wasn't legal. Um, the, the Supreme Court hadn't ruled yet on Roe v. Wade. That was seventy one, and and that was um, and, and Roe v. Wade was seventy three, wasn't it? Um, anyway, um, maybe it was 72, but, but, you know, you could maybe make it part of the narrative, probably not with teenagers. Um, but you know, most of the time when abortion is, 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 and this is a weird tangent, but most of the time when it's displayed on screen, you know, it is very much as like a, a negative consequential experience. And I think the way that, that Fast Times did it was probably one of the better ways in that it was kind of a terrible experience, but it wasn't like her life was ruined which is a very different right. way than how you could ever show it now. Like now she would carry the term. Um, I mean, I mean, Degrassi, the next generation had an abortion episode that they didn't even air in the United States because the end was like, we can't show Manny having an abortion. Canada could it's have it, but, 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 but America was like, no way. See, we I, need a, a depiction of how going to going through with the birth 
it does ruin your life and the abortion would have made it better. It would be an after school special. Right. Which ironically, they kind of were after school specials in the eighties. There was a Molly <laughs> Ringwald film uh, uh, for keeps where do you guys remember that movie? It was like her last teen movie and before she kind of ruined her career by refusing to take roles in Ghost and Pretty Woman. And um, it's where she and like this, the guy, you know, are in love and they have sex and she gets pregnant and she decides to keep it. And then she is convinced to drop out of high school and go to night school. And the boyfriend got into Caltech, but he's not going to be able to go because they won't allow him to live on campus with a family because they get married. And then at the end, everything ends up working out perfectly and they're they're all happily ever after. But um, the the whole basis basically is yeah you probably should have just gotten an abortion which yeah <laughs> nice so like going back to the whole like everything's a lot more sanitized I mean even even R rated movies are yeah. super sanitized compared to what we saw in you know it, like think about it so Raiders of the Lost Ark was what PG PG thirteen yeah I think so yeah I mean Jaws was Jaws was was PG thirteen Jaws is a PG thirteen movie yeah. And now you'd never get away with most movies that were PG-13 in the 80s. You would never get away with those ratings now. It, they would be they would probably be R-rated movies. Like, it's, yeah. it, it, and that blows my mind because it's like we think of ourselves as, uh, you know, this. Oh, we're much more enlightened than 30 years ago and we're so beyond this and blah, blah, blah. But no, like nope. I would say on quite the opposite in terms of you know, what we allow people to see, it's become so much, so much more sanitized on the screen. Like, especially in R-rated movies, you know, these are adult movies that adults are seeing. There's no sex anymore in R-rated no. movies. We don't see that anymore. It's very no, I'm so making me want to go off on a religion and politics tangent. And I am, I'm muting now. I'm just going to, we're, we're not going own. to, we're not going to, but no, but it's screaming. The mute no, but, no, but it's interesting where you say that because, you know, um, one of the biggest films this year was, um, uh, uh, what should we call it? Uh, Fifty Shades of Grey, right? Mm-hmm. Which is a terrible movie, and for a lot of reasons, you know. I mean, it's based on Twilight fan fiction. Let's just get that out there. I mean, that part is kind of incredible, but I mean, whatever. But there's very little sex in it, mm-hmm. um, and it it's certainly not as you know. If you look at Nine and a Half Weeks or Fatal Attraction or um, Sliver Casino, or Sl- Casino, I mean, there's so Sliver. Many I mean, movies. basically any, any of the Sharon Stone films, right? Like basically, yeah. like it, it, if Michael Douglas was in it uh, in in the eighties, you know, I mean. But like there's um, Basic Instinct. I mean, there's so many other films. Uh, what was the one with Madonna and Willem Dafoe? Uh, Body of Evidence. Yes. Like there oh, were so man. many. Oh, my God. Um, I have a funny story about watching that with my dad where my dad fell asleep and, I, and, oh. and he'd rented it. And, and he wow. woke up in one particularly, you know, um, wrong scene. And Intense I'm like 10 years scene. old. And I'm 10 years old and I'm watching. He's like, Christina, go upstairs. And I'm like, you shouldn't have rented this movie, dude. Um <laughs> And then a couple years later, um, when when Showgirls came out, and, and that's another one where we're, um, yeah, that was that was X rated, right? And or it was NC seventeen rather. And then Blockbuster wouldn't carry it unless they cut some of the scenes down for an R, so the Blockbuster mm-hmm. would carry it. And then they aired the R version on Showtime, and I never I'll never forget this because I was totally watching in my bedroom at home, um, and because uh, I wanted to see Elizabeth Berkeley get naked just like everybody else. I mean, who didn't want to see like one of the Saved by the Bell kids like go full on deviant, right? Yeah. And I was like I was like thirteen, I guess. And I go downstairs and I see my dad watching it and I was like are you watching showgirls I totally called him out I totally put him on blast and he was so embarrassed um that's so funny but no but I mean but you but you're right though right because we there were there was so much more sex than I mean what was the one with Woody Harrelson and uh, Demi Moore oh uh, um um 
you know, uh, I'll pay you a million dollars for one night with your wife. Um, oh, Indecent Proposal. proposal. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Great film, right? I mean, again, like these are movies that like had like real sex scenes and you totally don't get that at all now. You're totally, no. I mean, now it's like this, this even BDSM is like a chaste BDSM where yeah. we didn't even have any penis shots. It's like we saw like Ben Affleck's penis in Gone Girl, but not like we didn't see any peen in Fifty Shades really. of Grey. Well, not really, but I'm just saying it was at least there like yeah. for half a second. We didn't get anything in Fifty Shades of Grey. Like, are you serious? I feel like one of the last times I saw Aside from Gone Girl, I feel like one of the last times I saw a dude's junk in a movie was... Marky Wahlberg. Yeah. Wild Things? Wild Things, yeah. Yeah, that was... uh... It feels like it was like over 10 years ago. Uh, totally totally it was actually funny too because when i was talking about the the the, the lack of um, male nudity in um, 50 shades people kept citing oh well, you know censors and this and that and, and and they would never allow no. that and 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 i was like well maybe they would maybe they wouldn't part of it was just you know them not even trying because i was like uh right. yeah hi boogie nights yeah and also well, ultimately all that stuff comes down to advertisers yes it does like, tv shows censor because of advertisers not because of regulations right Right. but here's but the other part of it is though and i think that this is kind of a really big sort of piece of the puzzle that a lot of people overlook because they go oh well it's you know people wringing their hands over you know how how sanitized things need to be but also the stars have a big part in this like because they didn't have the, the level of celebrity has changed so much in the last 30 years like when you're a movie star now you you own your you own your shit. Like that's, I mean, it's like you are in charge uh, most of the time. And like 30 years ago, that was not the case. Like studios were really calling the shots on a lot of this stuff. And it was just like, well, this is what the movie is. Like, this is the script. This is it. And like, you don't, you don't get to negotiate on that. Like, this is the movie. You will take your pants off now. Right. But I feel like that was a big part of it where it was like, I think actors were more accepting of the script and not, and not so, and not so intent on saying like, well, no, like I don't want to strip down for this scene or, you know, like I, because of my brand, like celebrities now are brands. And so we're seeing this kind of sanitization across the board because a lot of them, especially actresses are also lifestyle. Like, you know, you have, you have all of these, you know, actresses who are getting into lifestyle stuff. And so they have to keep this very clean kind of family-friendly image and it's like well I'm sorry I'm just not willing to do that in movies anymore and I think a lot of celebrities are doing that because they need to be these multi-hyphenates that go out and like do all these other things and it's like oh no no I can't do that in a movie no 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 yeah no you're right and but it's interesting though because they won't do it for movies but most of the many of them even ones who have lifestyle brands will do it in um plays like on Broadway Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm Where well, because that's will, acceptable art. there. It's it's accept, <laughs> right. It's very artistic there. It's for the art, right? But but they will do full frontal like nudity sort of yeah. thing in in Dan that Radcliffe sense, like and Equus. exactly. And and who was who was the actress who he was with in that? I can't think of her name. Um, no, I don't remember. But at the same time, if and you I can't the total number uh, of people perfect. who went into that theater. It'll yeah. be very low compared to a box office. Right. No, you're dead on. But I mean, yeah. it's also one of those things where I mean, to a certain point, it's like. But you can, but yet yeah, you won't do it in a movie, but you will do a nude or semi-nude pictorial for Maxim or right. for Vanity Fair or, or for Vogue. Or you'll leak your nude pics to the paparazzi. Exactly. Or, <laughs> you know, if you're Kim Kardashian or whoever, and I'm not saying she's obviously not a real movie star, but she has her own brand and other things. And, and oh, she, she's famous wait, for wait. a sex tape. Let's get this straight. She's a movie star, just not the kind of movies that we watch. <laughs> 
this is true this is true I mean but but, but the whole reason she's famous the whole reason the whole family is famous other than the fact that like her father like was one of OJ's attorneys um is that you know she was in a sex tape with Randy's with Brandy's brother yeah that's it that's it she was a hanger on of Paris Hilton's and then she was in a pretty decent sex tape I have to say like you know it, it wasn't it's, terrible. No, it wasn't it's terrible. not. I'll give her that. It, no, it wasn't terrible. It wasn't like the, the Paris Hilton one, the which Paris was Hilton just weird. The Paris Hilton was boring. Oh, It my was gosh, so, boring. so boring. I mean, it, like, the best one, obviously, is Tommy Lee and, and Pamela Anderson. Well, of course. I mean, In that all was... honesty, I can say I've never seen any of those. I know of them. I, you know, it's my, like, I don't, I don't watch porn, but, like, I, the, my own human curiosity gets the best of me with these things, and I feel like I want to be informed to talk about them when other people want to talk about them, so I watch this stuff. It's so weird. Like, I have this bizarre kind of very strong curiosity drive well, that it's, it's I just have to, I have to see these things so that I can the same talk way. about them. Same. And I have, like, no, like, problem, like, admitting any of that, like... I'm like, yes, I've watched this. I mean, if a celebrity tape is out there, I mean, I'm not above wanting to see it. Is all yeah, I'm saying. No shame, no shame in my game. I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll watch it. I mean, I'm not. The thing is, is I'm not gonna get like. I won't. I don't pay for get it. anything out of it. Like I don't get no, anything same. out of it physically. But I'm like, well, that was interesting. All right. Well, now I can. Now I have it. Now I have it filed in my little brain Rolodex, and uh, exactly go forth. I don't know why my dogs are freaking out, but because they're they'll... hearing us talk about about it's because about... you're talking animatedly. They absolutely hate Paris Hilton. That's I think that's, <laughs> that's what it, it is. They you know really what? Get Par- upset. Paris Paris is busted, but Nikki Hilton I still have I still love. You still have a little love for Nikki Hilton? I do. You know why? Cuz she's like basically completely disappeared and just does her own thing. And like she like actually like, you know, the brother is a a, a, a total loser and, and and Paris is Paris, but like Nikki like did her own thing. Like she like, you know, she was like, "Okay, this was fun in my early 20s and now I'm just going to like be a normal person have a fashion line like other like every other she billionaire. She pulled like a Nicole Richie, which I have great love for too. Yeah, except I think Nikki like never even went like the full crazy like Nicole Richie did. Yeah, like her she never ba- got I mean, she never fell down the rabbit hole as far. Never. No, I mean she was with the entourage guy for like forever, and then he dumped her, and then mm. she got with like some other guy, and she's just like pretty low key. I mean, I think she probably feels bad that she has to like answer for her sister's insanity, but yeah. I mean, well. I don't think anybody likes answering for Paris Hilton's insanity. No, no. I have to say that was one of the best parts of seeing the bling ring last year was um, A, the Audrina Partridge stuff would be like them recreating Paris Hilton's closet. Like that was oh, just, a, that was an amazing, amazing experience. Just that like, movie was amazing. Like shares to bring it back. We're bringing it back full circle. Just like Cher's yes, closet. Clueless. It was just like Cher's closet. And you know that, you know that, that the Paris Hilton probably modeled it after Cher's closet. Oh, totally. Yeah, I, I mean, 100%. she had to. Like, the bling ring was good. I liked it. I, 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 I wanted to see it, and then I watched one of the trailers that came out right before it was out on iTunes. And then I decided, eh, I probably wouldn't want to sit through it. But no, if I you liked say it. it's good. No, I really liked it. Um, it was interesting for me because I watched the terrible reality show about um, the character that Emma Watson plays. Um, wild girl uh, Hermione? uh uh yeah oh yeah, exactly. yeah she plays the main the girl she played but... like one well no she wasn't one of the main ones she was actually peripheral um because it was it was this gay kid and his asian best friend who were like the ringleaders but neither of them the gay wow. kid is, the, is that how they're in the credits yes um the gay kid <laughs> talked to nancy joe sales 
uh, who wrote um, an article for Vanity Fair and then wrote a book which was based on and he talked and basically gave up a lot of the details so he's consequently and he he's he did some jail time or whatever he's out now consequently um he comes across better i guess you should you could say in kind of the, the grand scheme of things but then his friend who also did some jail time they were like best friends she's never spoken publicly about the entire thing so they can't really tell a lot of her story because even though she was apparently one of the masterminds behind the whole like celebrity robbing thing She's never spoken, so they can't really oh. – it's a hard character thing to kind of create. Whereas the other two girls, one of them was was named and one of them was not, uh, Tessa and Alexa, um, was were, they were on the, – there was this uh, E! show. It's called, it was this show called Pretty Wild. It was like six episodes on E! And it featured um, um, Alexis, her younger sister Gabby, who seemed fairly normal, their mother who was insane – and then their adopted sister, who was really just like the family friend from like some other thing, like Alexis's best friend, Tess. And Alexis was was fingered in the whole bling ring drama. Tess apparently was with her the whole time, but was not named. Both of them were um, consultants for the movie. So they got paid for their life rights for the movie. But then, of course, uh, Alexis, who's now like been through rehab and all sorts of other stuff, claims that the movie was completely false and depicted her wrongly and all this shit. Um which means the movie was completely accurate. But the the E! series happened to be filming while she was, when she was arrested um, for the bling ring thing and concluded with her turning herself in to serve like her, you know, 12 months in, in jail or whatever in, in L.A. County or whatever. And um, when she was trying to tell her side of the story to Nancy Jo Sales, who ended up writing the book, when the when the issue of Vanity Fair came out that she's in, she reads the article and sees how terrible she sounds, and she cries and leaves her like fifteen voice messages like Nancy Joe, this is Alexis calling, and like go and it's it's like one of the best breakdown scenes in all of in all of reality television. But her character, which was kind of minor, was played by um, Emma Watson in 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 the Bling Ring film. And what was great is they had Leslie Mann play her mother to a T, and like literally like copy from. The reality show was like, girls, time time to wake up and take your Adderall. Like, time oh for school. Gosh. And she was like, she would like homeschool them, give them all Adderall, um, homeschool them over the most like, like really like just terrible shit. And um, it was all clearly for the cameras. And meanwhile, you know, her daughters are out partying, you know, while they're underage and robbing people's houses. It was, it's, it was a really interesting movie because what was interesting too is that, that like they were living in Calabasas, which is where the Kardashians are from. And I, Ashley, you would know this more than I would, but I mean, but the whole thing, like what was interesting is that they were on the periphery of like the real, real wealthy people that, but they themselves were, they weren't poor at all, but they were like the upper middle class, like a part of like rich California. Yeah. So it was, it, it, you know, they were all just freaking hangers on, which was the hilarious part, you know, yeah. is that it's just really like suburban, like yuppie kids. Just, I mean, it's just, I don't know. The, I, I, I found the bling ring fascinating, but. I'm going to check it out then. I really did want to see it. And also pretty wild. I don't think it's on Netflix anymore, but you can find it on other, um, it's it might be on, on Amazon. Like someone had to upload it on YouTube. Oh, oh they something. totally did. And I, that's how I watched it. And then I realized it was on Netflix. I don't know if it's on Netflix anymore, but it's definitely on Amazon. So. I, uh, last weekend, I finally started watching Game of Thrones, which I thought about because we're talking about nudity. And it was one of the first things I noticed in the first season was how comfortably everyone was just naked. Like they didn't, there was no like dramatic, we're going to get naked now. Nope. Just tits, ass, just everywhere. Emma, it's funny. Um, Amelia Clark, the girl who plays, uh, Daenerys. She, um, she's naked quite a bit in the first season, 
And then um, the word on the street is, is that she went back to realized after the first season, how little all of the other women on the show, like the main <laughs> characters on the show were getting naked, went back, <laughs> renegotiated her contract and was like, I'm not getting naked anymore. And sure enough, has not gotten naked since. Good for uh-huh. her. Yeah. Yeah. She, uh, she really was like, she, I guess she didn't realize, I think, I think she kind of thought that that would be kind of a normal thing, but then realized that all of the female leads in the show were not doing that. It was just, you know, extras, you know, they have these like, you know, the whorehouses and all that stuff. Right. It's like, great. Good. Well, that's not me anymore. So I'm out. <laughs> all I know is I need a cheat sheet because it's hard enough for me to keep track of the characters that I see in every scene. There are, but then many they're throwing in so many. I was gonna say there are. There's I should like go look iP- for one. There's like an iPad app companion thing. That yeah, you can get. yeah. There's can a companion in. app. I mean, there's so much stuff. I could use that. I need. I need uh, uh, Siri to just kind of like when when a name comes up, just pop up like a uh, description. You need like a well, pop up video thing. No, that's What's that's a- the second screen. There's like a second screen. Yeah, there is um, on app. It's, yeah. It's an app. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's an app and it'll listen. It's kind of like the Sharknado app. It's it'll listen right. for what part of the show you're in and like it'll pop it'll Are give you, you like information about all the houses and stuff. It's really cool. Second screen? Yeah, it's a second screen um, right. experience. I'm going to go find that. I'll see you guys later. Yeah, okay, bye. This episode of Overtired is brought to you exclusively by Paddle. The best way to manage and sell your apps as an indie developer. You have enough to keep up with already from Game of Thrones minutia to exactly which movie you saw the most male junk in over the last 10 years. Instead of having to log into a bunch of different services, you can access all of the data that you want and need from one beautiful dashboard in Paddle. If you go to paddle.com slash podcast, you can learn more and start using Paddle with your apps now, right now. Think of Paddle as your own personal R2-D2. Something that not only does things better than you probably can, but does them without you even knowing that they're being done. Again, paddle.com slash podcast to support this show. Thanks again to Paddle for supporting Overtired and ESN. Um, did, no, <laughs> Brett, you wanted to rant about uh, Fast and Furious, right? I just want like two minutes. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, let's, right, let's hear this. I've never seen a Fast and Furious movie. Oh, see, I enjoyed them up up through six. I, I would go see them, and they got progressively worse. But I enjoy cars, especially American Muscle, and it's fun to watch well-choreographed chase scenes. Mm-hmm. And I enjoy action. I'm not a huge fan of Vin Diesel, per se, but those are the only movies I can stand him in. And so with trepidation, I went to the theater and paid full price to go see Furious 7. Because I thought, at least I'll get some good car chases. But that movie was so poorly written and so phoned in by the actors that it wasn't even... Okay, let's put it this way. The big, like, instead of having an extended chase scene in a big, like, fight, the the two big climaxes are uh, Vin Diesel and, uh, what's his name, from The Transporter? Jason Statham. Jason Statham driving head-on into each other in a game of chicken where neither of them chickens out. And that's basically what they do. That's the extent of the car action. Spoiler alert! But well, wasn't and then they spent all like their re- money jumping through like Dubai style like window buildings, and it, it was oh, such a waste. That sounds and, and kind they, of but, awesome. But then they spent like five minutes like eulogizing Paul Walker at the end of oh that new God. music video. Right, right. So when it's done, you feel like you can't just like swear about how bad it was because then you'd be like dissing Paul Walker. You're like, ah, man, Paul Walker is terrible. This is all the worst. I yeah. Uh, 
It was like the movie goes on for over two hours. And at about two hours, long. when when he yeah, should have just John Wick style put a bullet in the bad guy's head, instead he lets him live, and the scene cuts, and you know he's coming back. And in the middle of the theater, in the dark, I just go, "Oh fuck you!" And everyone <laughs> is mad at me now. My wife is like punching me. And from that point on, I was just I was out. I, I do I do like the song "See You Again" or whatever, like um uh. I, I won't lie. The song is not terrible. I don't know what you're talking about. The the, the song they played at the end after he died or whatever. Oh. Or after they, they said goodbye to him. I guess he didn't die technically in the movie. I was so disappointed I wasn't listening. I couldn't hear it over my own disappointment. I, mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I, my I disappointment just, I, was too loud. I haven't seen the movie, but I've seen the music video a few times. It's I, just yeah, amazing I that I could it, go so. in with low expectations to begin with and still be so infuriatingly... I, it was just... The acting, even if those lines had been good, the acting was crap and vice versa. Like they, they were, they just put it out to make money because of the franchise name, obviously. Yeah, but. no, and the franchise has made them, I mean, billions of dollars. So I mean, it's a, it's a significantly popular franchise. And the interesting thing is going to be, do they continue it or not, and how do they continue it? Because it's going to be hard not. for the studio to turn it down. You know, they better not. Well, I don't know because audiences I'll, love they it. They totally left it open for it. It's oh, they right totally for the did next sequel, completely, but. completely. Yeah, doing, I mean, they're doing a Fast and the Furious eight. I think that's already been greenlit. Yeah, no, I think aware. that it has. But yeah, but it's just how how much longer they go out. Yeah, so the song is called "See You Again" with a featuring Charlie Puth and uh, uh, it's a Wiz Khalif. Um, so yeah, I don't even know if I'll put Furious Seven in the show notes. I hated it that much. <laughs> you hated like, it that I much? Will not. I will not. I will not. It's give still it doing that amazing box office. I mean, it's it's crazy because I'm speaking at CinemaCon um, next week and uh, about how theater chains need to use social media and, and, and evolve or die or whatever. And um, they, uh, yeah, it's basically they're already saying Fury Seven is headed towards a billion dollars on its third weekend. Oh yeah, uh, which is which is insane. Yeah, but already Cinema Blend is saying that the Fast and Furious Eight might be the last one. Um, but uh, you know. The, I'm, I'm making a point in my presentation that basically like films like that are the exception not the rule you know like you can get huge box office sales and for whatever reason people love um, uh, you know these films and well the first one had heart the, the first, first one did had have heart. heart and awesome cars it did have awesome cars the second one met and then they went to Tokyo Drift and I was like whatever and then I don't know I mean I've watched them but well see and, yeah great. like Tokyo Drift lost me Yes. But when they came back together, when they had the, like the reunion, I yes. think it was five. Yeah. I was excited. I was like, all right, we're getting that was back the one, to the that, roots. That, that was the one where it was like, it was like fast and furious, right? Yeah. And then and it was like, the one where it was like, we're right. getting the band back together. Yeah. Exactly. And everybody was like, oh, oh shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I actually, I, I didn't come away from that upset. You know, it was, it was what I expected it to be. This was not. This was a ripoff. I I'm, want my money back. I feel bad for you. I'm sorry. So I, I got to tell you one nerdy, one nerdy thing. I, uh, this, this week, uh, Wednesday morning, I wrote a, a text expander snippet. Nice. That while you're writing, and it's primarily used for filler text, like all my other lorem ipsum stuff, but you can type lorem imdb and then type the name of any movie. And it will grab quotes from that movie, shuffle them up, and put filler text on your page filled with whatever number of quotes you specify oh that's oh, delightful Brett. it is fun 
That is so good. I remember when you wrote me that textmate snippet that, that searched IMDb that would like link, link it. Um, and, and originally you made it really fuzzy so I wouldn't have to know the title. Um, and, and then you, but you, you could significantly like pared it down to all I needed it to do when I, when I wrote for the movie blog. Um, that was so useful. And then it stopped working because of the APIs changed or whatever. But this sounds yeah, I, amazing. I, I didn't even mess this. with APIs this time. This is a straight up scraper. It runs the search, scrapes the results, finds the title, goes to the title, adds quotes to it, and then and then scrapes the quotes page to pull out just the paragraph tags, removes all the HTML, and then sends it back to you. How long did this take you? Uh, two hours and 17 minutes. Something to do, you know, at 4.30 in the morning. Something to do. I like you're just like, well, something to do, you know, whatever. I needed a small project that I could actually finish that day and feel good about. Oh, but taxes. Oh, I overpaid my taxes. Did you really? Are you over? Yeah, That's I, good I won't, news, right? Because you get money back. It's amazing news. Well, because we save money all year. We have a rather sizable savings account that is exactly 20 times larger than our current checking balance. And I thought that we would owe that all because, you know, we're both self-employed and I thought we'd owe it all. And then we got our taxes done. And by the time I put in all my deductions for the year... We had already, our estimated taxes had already covered everything. And it looks like that whole savings account goes back into our checking. Hey. That would be so much pony. stress off me. <laughs> I'll mail you one. Okay. I want a pony. I'll take a pony. Can it be a My Little Pony? Seems pretty legit. It depends okay, on which you, one. Christina. Is what I, I guess that's what I should say. Aren't they all the same? Isn't there, are there multiple so My many, Little Ponies? So many kinds. Uh, there's so many. There's so many kinds, and I, I haven't kept up with the modern ones at all, but um, in the 80s, I had a bunch of My Little Ponies, and I had, um, who was, the, there was like a little girl, was her name Penny or something, who was like the pony keeper, because I had like the barn where you could keep the My Little Ponies. Oh, Do you remember man. that? But like there was like a there was like a little girl who like kept the, po- like the pony keeper, and she had blonde hair, because I had one of her dolls too. Hmm. I don't know. I don't remember I had that. one G.I. Joe. It was Mutt. And I had a He-Man, and I had the Moss guy from He-Man, and that was pretty much the extent of my dolls. That sounds so fun. It, yeah. I so I was a um, I was definitely an action figure girl. I was not same. I was definitely not a, a Barbie. I didn't have any Barbies. That's, okay, because I had both. I, yeah, I, I had my Barbies, cousin but I had loved Barbies. action figures. My cousin had Barbies, and I played with her Barbies. But then I had GI Joes and He Man, yep. He Man and She Ra. That was yes. like my favorite. Same. And then, uh, and that was like the big set of toys that I always had: of Skeletor and He Man, yep. and it was that was like my She-Ra, big thing. And, and and then the different lions they would get on. And, I had the sword whatever. that made the noises when you hit stuff. I, I I had a He-Man. I remember that I had to choose between a He-Man and a Barbie grill. Um, and I think my mom was very disappointed that I chose the He-Man and not the Barbie grill. She was trying to po- point me towards the Barbie hoping. grill. She was and she was I was like, no, I want fingers. the He-Man. And I was like, no, I want the He-Man. But you could turn his waist. And um, that was like the unique part about him. And that, I had that one. Yeah, and it kind and of smelled like back. rubber. Yeah, it's like spring back or something. And it had this weird rubbery kind of smell, like this this fiery smell. It was an interesting sort of weight. Like, but yeah, you could like turn his waist and it would spring back. It was very interesting. I'll never forget that. 
but I, I had I had um, Ninja Turtles and I had um, all the uh, the Batman and Superman action figures, all the all the DC comic action figures, and I had uh, some of um, the um, Ghostbusters animated series action figures. Did you actually play with these, or were they collectors? Oh no, I played them. with them. I played with yeah, them, but yeah. it was, but I but it was funny because I played with them the same way that like. I played with my Barbies and that it wasn't so much like having action oriented storylines. And although that was part of it, I was mostly like, cre- I mostly created interpersonal dramas. So I mostly recreated like soap operas and episodes of Melrose Place with, with my action figures, the same way I, I did with my Barbie dolls. So basically there was, Which there makes was perfect sense. So there was like lots of sex between the, 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 you know, different characters and lots of uh, backstabbing and like the Joker would uh, like the Batman and Superman would fight over Wonder Woman, but then she would wind up leaving them both for the Joker and, 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 you know, things like that. It's very, it's Check all very dramatic, out. you know? Yes. So my I was wife's obsessed an with animal person. Shows. Yes. Like extremely animal person. And her parents told me last time I saw them that when she was young, they brought her a, a dollhouse, like very young. And the first thing she did was throw away all the people in the house <gasps> and replace them with bears. <laughs> well, that seems that, awesome. That's. That's as appropriate to my wife as you having Barbie soap operas is to you. It was perfect. (laughs) That's amazing. I love it. Like, no, this this house, I don't think people live in this house. Do you? No, no. I think bears live in this house. Three little bears win this round. (laughs) My uh, my sister had an amazing dollhouse because she was obsessed with miniatures and loved to like create all the little miniature things and whatnot. And and I liked dollhouses and all that stuff. It was just you know, but I I like to act out little interpersonal drama story stuff. You know, I like to have like create my own soap operas out of all my dolls. It was it was always fun for me to do that. The same way that I would play divorce court with um, the stuffed animals. Well, you know, sometimes stuffed animals just can't stay together. Well, yeah, I mean, the, 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 it was always sad, though, when, like, you know, Cabbage Patch Kid and, and Bert would get divorced and they'd fight over custody of Ernie. Poor Ernie. Oh, poor Ernie. God, you got to feel for him. So much Completely. therapy after that. So much therapy, you know, because, uh, you know, Babs, Tiffany, and Bert are getting divorced and they both want custody of Ernie because, you know, I think that I, I'm not sure how I decided that case because I was always the judge. But if I were to go back and do it now, then clearly Bert would get custody of Ernie. Clearly clearly i mean i think that's really that's the most important choice yeah oh man i'm is are you guys still kind of like freaking out over the star wars trailer yes because i feel like i'm still freaking out about it i almost cried like i i got choked up and it was because i was explaining to uh my co-host today on the show and, and my friend i was too young to appreciate the original trilogy when it came out in theaters. So I didn't see Star Wars until I was 16, 17, when the special editions came out mm-hmm. on VHS, I guess. And, um, and, then, and then the prequels came out, and I was older, but I was, I was too old to appreciate the prequels as like a kid experiencing it for the first time. So you're older than five. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, I don't even know if five-year-olds would have liked the prequels, to be I honest. Know, I know some kids really liked the prequels. Like, they loved General Grievous, and they liked Darth Maul, and they, they, were, really into, they were really into that world. And, and I just, I was like, well, I mean, I get it. It's, and George Lucas made those movies for kids. Like, those movies were not made. Although, it's really weird, because he made, it's so bizarre. What a weird juxtaposition. Like, oh, hey, I'm going to make this movie, and, and I want kids to really enjoy it. And, like, the whole first movie, there are children all over the place. And they're all over the shop. And, and then it's all about, like, trade, trade issues. 
and blockades <laughs> and so it's like the most boring subject matter that you can make an entire movie about and yet somehow like oh i'm gonna make this movie for the kids and it's gonna be about trade and trade embargoes it's just so weird so yeah. but but like i saw this trailer today and thought to myself like this is gonna be my star wars Finally, I'm I am in my 30s for crying out loud and I'm finally getting my Star Wars. Like my husband my husband and I are interesting because he is in his 40s and he was um he was a little boy when he saw Star Wars. They he's like I remember going to the theater. I remember uh you know, I remember seeing it. I remember seeing it and I was just blown away. It just it blew my mind and I I I've loved it ever since. And I never had that experience um and now I feel like I'm in the right place and it's the right time. And these are the right movies for me to feel that way about star Wars. Like I've always liked star Wars. I've always enjoyed it very much. And I, I like, it's a, you know, obviously it's a classic fi- series of films, but I, I've never felt like I've had my own star Wars trilogy to love. And like, this one feels like that's it. Yeah, no, I mean, cause I, um, I don't know if I was alive for any of the, the star return of the Jedi came out in one eighty three. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that was the only one I was even technically alive for. So I didn't, I mean, I saw them Are when I was little. Are we the same little. age? When's your birthday? November 12th, 82. Oh my God, you're just slightly older than me. Okay, when's your birthday? Uh, March 31st, 83. Okay, all right. So yeah, so we're like the same age. So totally uh, happy, age. Ha- so happy birthday. Because yeah. um, your your birthday was like two weeks ago. Um, so um, class of 2001? Yes. All right, class of 2001 represent... Um, so I graduated from college in 2000. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm like you, like I didn't see the films until I was older and I was like 16 when episode one came out and I worked at a video game store and obviously we were excited about it and I went to like the opening night screening and, and with my nerdy friends and we were all very disappointed in, in the terribleness of the movie. But like mm-hmm. this does for me, I kind of have the same feeling where I remember playing with the toys. My sister is six years older than me and my se- my husband's seven years older than me. And so they both have memories of, of seeing the films, you know, in the theaters and, and we had like a, I had like a C-3PO action figure that I played with you know as a little kid but Mm -hmm. yeah this feels like the first one that I can kind of get into but what I like about it is that even though George Lucas claims like he made the the first trilogy for kids or the second trilogy for kids and whatnot they got rid of so much of what made Star Wars work and Mm -hmm. Lance Ulanoff and I were talking about that today the fact that like they made everything CGI you know and that and took away from the actual physical elements and so watching the um the presentation today and seeing um Oh, that BB-8 uh, droid! See, oh seeing BB-8 come God. out, and knowing that they're not just doing everything with CGI, that they're actually doing physical Practical sets and physical, exactly the, the 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 Rick Baker style coming back. So excited! Which to me, I think adds so much to it. I mean, that's part of what makes Spielberg such a right. genius. I like, don't think Lucas knew that when he made the prequels, though. I think he thought. If you like puppets, check this out. I think everybody right. thought that, though. I think that was a time period in which everybody was <laughs> um, in that boat. And then I we saw so. the digitized Jabba, and well, everyone was like, well, oh, no, puppets yeah, That's are the thing, though. I think people thought that, but then I think, you know, you saw, like, Spielberg, I think, was, like, ahead of the curve. And he saw, like, with E.T. when they did the re-release in, in um, 2002, like, they did some digi- digital, you know, effects and whatnot. But then when they, he released on DVD, he, like, released both versions, you know, right. and, and kind of knew, like, okay, maybe I went too far you know he was they were afraid that the you know younger audiences wouldn't understand or or would be turned off by the effects but even even Jurassic Park you know I mean as much CGI was was in that there was still robotics and right um I you don't, know, sw- 
I, I would disagree that though, that it's like, I, maybe I went too far. I think he, I'd like for me, it's a, it's a respect for the people who enjoyed the original. And I, yeah. like, I think that that is where Spielberg, um, you know, is, is a better and more understanding and appreciative of his fans director than Lucas will probably yes. ever be just because he is respectful of the fact that, you know, Hey, like this is the way I would have liked to have seen the movie. Like maybe it is maybe the new version with the, the enhanced stuff is the way that, you know, he really actually wanted to make the movie, but didn't have a chance to fine. Like, but, but he's very respectful of the fact that that movie means a lot to so many people the way it was and, and released it that way and gave people the option and said, well, you know, if this is the movie that you love, the, the original, then watch that. But if not, like, right. here's this version that I love and I'm really proud of and you can watch that too. Yeah, no. And, and I feel like that's what's so cool about J.J. Abrams being part of it. And, and Kathleen Kennedy, too. I mean, I think a huge amount of credit goes to her yes. for the way she's shepherding stuff. And, and that not, not enough credit goes to her, I, I don't think. Um, I think she's was already like a legend. And I frankly, the best decision I think Lucas has made in, in decades ever. was, was in ever, ever basically was saying, you know what, I'm going to retire. I want you to be the steward of this. Yeah. Because she's been a great steward. I mean, she got JJ, and nobody ever would have thought that the guy that directed Star Trek would ever be even viable for Star Wars. But he's right. such a perfect choice because the fans trust him, and he gets it, and he's a fan like all of us. And he, it seems like they're returning to the magic that made the first trilogy so great. Mm-hmm. And we can kind of ignore, you know, the second trilogy ever happened. Yeah. I I have great admiration for J.J. Abrams for taking this on at all. Yeah. Like, he will, if he screws this up, if it doesn't please the nerds, his nerd credibility will be ruined forever. Like, you, um, you, can't, you can't bounce back. I'm not talking about mainstream popularity. Yeah. Like, if you, if the nerds have so many expectations and so much faith in him right now, if he disappoints... I don't, I don't know if he'd get another chance, but I don't think he will. I think he's taking this very, very seriously. Yeah, no, I, th- I think that, I mean, it seems like he's hitting all the right notes and, and you know, he's responding to criticisms the right way and and not taking other criticisms to heart. You know what I mean? Like, he's not mm-hmm. making it for the fans. He's a fan himself, but he's not doing the thing that so many of these types of directors get murdered into, which is that they think that they have to make the ultimate fan film, which nobody wants to see. You yeah. know, we want to see something entertaining. If you make the ultimate fan film, you'll still never please the fanboys um and you'll just wind up with something that's too inside baseball i mean i think that that's been the big thing that um that frankly um what's his face um the guy that did uh watch um watchmen um i don't remember who directed that i remember who wrote it um I know what you're getting at, though. Which Zack is, Snyder. Yeah, Zack Snyder. Well, Zack Snyder is very much a fan service director. Yeah, and I think, and I think, I think that it, it, it's to his detriment, mm-hmm. frankly. Mm-hmm. I agree, and I like he's just like his movies are this. His movies remind me of like what people think they want to see, but it's not actually what they want to see. Exactly. Ex- I mean, precisely. You know, I mean, I think that that. Um, you know, uh, the Dawn of the Dead remake worked really, really well. Um, uh, and, and a lot of that was because of, of the script um, from, from James Gunn. And, um, you know, that worked really well. But, like, Watchmen, yeah, was just was taking this amazing property and trying to give everybody what they wanted and then not because it just it wasn't. And I, I, I honestly, I feel the same way a little, to, to a certain degree about, you know, Man of Steel. Um, I have very conflicted feelings about Man of Steel. But, um yeah, I mean, I but I feel like JJ will do will do right by people. Plus, for me as a huge Felicity fan, 
Um, I'm just always excited anytime I get to see what he's doing because I know that, like, I don't know. To me, I just think it's awesome that the guy that created, like, one of the greatest television shows about, like, a young woman's journey through, like, life and love um, is also the guy that's, like, helming the the next, you know, generation of Star Wars films. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of awesome. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm just, it uh, looks so good. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm, I'm happy. This feels like the right balance of 77 and 99, you know, like I'm ready. I'm so ready for this movie and I'm ready for it to be good. Yeah. I don't have a reason to look forward to it <laughs> this year. Yeah. Um, Totally. Um, and and I, speaking of Star Wars, I want to take this moment to, and this is completely unprompted and, and unsponsored, but he is my friend and it's a great book. But my, my friend and colleague, uh, Chris Taylor, wrote a book called uh, How Star Wars Conquered the Universe, the Past, Present, and Future of a Multi-Billion Dollar Franchise. And it's one of the first books that actually goes into the whole story about like the whole, like the, the merchandising and the business side of Star Wars. Um, but it's so much more than that. It's a really fantastic book. It came out last year and it's on Kindle and there's an audio version and, and it's... Um, uh, in paperback and hardcover it's it's super super awesome so if you're into star wars and want to know more about the business side of things of that stuff like it, it for it, he's the ultimate star wars fan um it's uh it's really good awesome hey i totally want to check that out it's a really good book it's a really good book i finished a book this week what book is that uh it was the ocean at the end of the lane I, I think I, I already told everyone about this multiple times because I'm so proud. But it's the first book I finished in 10 years. First <laughs> fic- fiction book, I should say. Okay. Yeah, that was a big deal. But that's all right. We won't talk about my poor reading habits. <laughs> Have you read any good books recently, Ashley? Uh, I think the most recent book that I read was Amy Poehler's Yes, Please. Yes, which I really enjoyed. I did, too. I mean, she... Uh, I, I mean, love her I so much. Can I just say Tina Fey and Amy Poehler are my spirit animals? Mine too, although I like Amy Poehler better than Tina Fey. So I like, well, I like them both for different reasons. I mean, but- I, same. I, I mean, I love Tina Fey and she's so talented, but Amy Poehler is like the one that I, I think that I would love, like hanging out with more. Yeah, I think I would hang out with Amy Poehler more, but I feel like I'm more like Tina Fey. So <laughs> right. I guess that's probably the best way to describe where I'm like, I'm I kind of feel like that way too. Tina yeah. Fey, but I feel like I would like amy polar more because i would hate to hang out with myself because i hate myself so <laughs> i don't want to hang and, out with and, myself well and then of course mindy kaling is is in my trifecta there too oh my god yeah i, I have so many funny i i would say amy schumer is like or sarah Silverman yes amy schumer is great others. too eliza yes. Sch- uh, schlesinger also so 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 funny um have you seen her new stand-up special I have not. It's very funny. If you haven't seen it, it's on Netflix. You can watch okay, it on Netflix. I, w- so, I will check it so out. It's so funny. I think it's called Freezing Freezing Hot, something like that. Okay. And she makes this like goat noise. She's talking about, it, basically, it's like basic bitches. I mean, she, like that's kind of, she doesn't, I don't think she ever mentions oh, the that. term basic bitches, but she talks about it. She's like, oh yeah. And then she like, at the end of every sentence of these like girls, she's like, meh. Like it, it's just, it, it's the <laughs> funniest thing to me. And it gets funnier every, like it's. It's so amusing to me, and I just she's very funny, and I never thought I would like a comedian like that because i it it feels it felt gimmicky at first, but then after a while, it's just like, well, this is just who she is. like I can tell she just talks about people like that like it's it's so funny, and she's very entertaining. highly recommend that's great i've uh ha- what about you? Are you a big book reader? I am mostly on fiction, but um, I, I yes, please. I, I read and I really enjoyed. I'm trying to look through my Kindle list and see what I last read. I'm a, um, I'm a nonfiction. I'm a crazy. Yes, non-fiction I read Bossy Pants. Reader. 
I'm a crazy nonfiction reader. I love nonfiction. That's my favorite, actually, is nonfiction. Do I you, love, I love nonfiction. Do you read Mary Roach? Do you like Mary Roach? I, I have not read her. Oh my God, you absolutely must read Mary Roach. Okay. Pick up Stiff, The Curious Lives of Human Cadavers. You will enjoy that. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah, no, I just um, finished reading, um, what did I just finish reading? I just finished reading uh, The Great Beanie Baby Bubble, Mass Delusion, and The Dark, um, I'm trying to see what the full title was, and, and The Dark Side of Cute. And it was basically just a, a book about, uh, you know, the, the life and death of Beanie Baby, which was pretty fascinating, actually. That sounds super, I would be super into that. Super interested. I still have the, I still have the little purple Princess Diana bear somewhere. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, well, it was called the Princess Bear or whatever, wasn't yeah. it? Still have that. Where it has like the little, uh, was it a lily or a rose or some white rose or something on it? My yes chest. yes that's exactly what it was the little pal and then there was the um there was the the jerry garcia bear mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. was the, the, the then uh, the tie-dye one but then of course what happened with that i think that there it was a limited edition and then the grateful dead suit or something so then they had to release one that looked almost the same but was slightly different and had a different name mm-hmm. yeah i mean my sister had all of them because her uh then boyfriend his mother was obsessed with beanie babies and when she would buy she like had a complete collection and when she would buy a beanie baby she would buy the, make sure that kelly got one too so Kelly had like the complete Beanie Baby collection. It was insane. That is delightful. Yeah. This woman like Ruth, she was a really nice woman, but she basically had like, um, we used to always say that she had like uh, more money than she had like more time and money than she knew what to do with. Mm-hmm. So she basically just shopped all day. Like that's all she did. Like her, she like her kids were all grown. She had a grandson that she would take care of. Her husband, she didn't work, nor her husband did well. So literally all she would do was shop all day. That sounds horrible. It kind of does. You know, I mean, part of me. sound like a fun way to live. I mean, part of me thinks like, oh, that'd be kind of cool. And part of me is like, actually, you know what? No, I think I'd kind of get over that a little bit. Seems kind of Sisyphean. Yeah, like I'd probably enjoy it for about a month. And then I'd be like, okay, well, I'm pretty sad now. Yeah. When shopping becomes a chore. Yeah. Like, it's, no, it's, well, it's moderation, everything in moderation. I mean, if you do anything too much, no matter how fun it might seem, it just gets old. Believe That's me, totally I true. Know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, oh man, that would be, wow. That would just be a terrible, that'd be a terrible way to live. I would not enjoy that. <laughs> well, it's like if your parents made you smoke a whole carton of cigarettes because they caught you smoking one. That reminds me of my favorite, um, the King of the Hill episode. Oh, my God. I barely remember that show. Um, Which one was your favorite? Well, I mean, there are many favorites, but one of them was uh, that whole thing where basically um, Bobby and Joseph sneak out. It was like the first or second season. Bobby and Joseph um, sneak one of uh, Dale's cigarettes or the butts of it and and smoke it. And um, what uh, um, to, to make up for it, um, Hank makes Bobby smoke an entire carton of cigarettes. And he's basically Hank and Peggy both used to smoke and so he shows him how to do it a little bit it's like oh yeah it looks pretty cool huh and and Bobby gets sick but then becomes addicted to smoking and then and then Hank and and, uh, Peggy end up getting like addicted back to smoking too meanwhile they're all three trying to go off cold turkey you know but while they're like 12 year old son they basically like instead of giving him a pack which I guess is the you know main thing they made him smoke a carton so all three of them are basically addicted to to cigarettes and and Luann played by going back to Clueless uh, Brittany Murphy is like I, I I dealt with too much dysfunction in my family. This is not this is not going to be how it happens or or, or something like that here. Um it's a very funny episode. I almost forgot that I like that show. It's, it's a great been a while. show. 
Yeah, they air it twice. Um, well, um, technically four times a night, but it's on like for an hour, eight o'clock to nine o'clock um, Eastern on um, Adult Swim. And um, it's no longer on Netflix or Amazon, which is terrible. Aww. I know. They got rid of it like a year and a half ago, and I'm still not over that because not all the seasons have been released on DVD. And we have most of the episodes, but not all of them. Um, but it's one of those shows that Grant and I can just like watch as many times ever, basically. I'm trying to think of like what show that would be for me. I think I like Futurama. I could put on yeah. anytime. Oh I just went through the Same. entire Futurama, like all th- all the seasons, just through the winter this year. Yeah, I feel like Futurama. I mean, Seinfeld is like always a show I could throw yep. on and have on in Same. the background. Um, I like Old Family Guy. Yeah, Old Family Guy. I can totally do that with. Um, yeah, not too many series though. Parks and Rec. I've gotten to the point I can really watch a ton out of that of, of that anytime. It's, that's not old enough for me to go back to yet. I recently went back to Thirty Rock. That I could do. God, I love that show. After, after watching uh, the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, um, which uh, have you guys seen? I haven't seen yes. it yet. It's, okay, you have to watch it. You'll get through it super fast because the episodes are like, twenty minutes long. It's, it's actually one of Grant's top it. picks. I just, oh, I never have time for anything. <laughs> oh, was it, it one of really Grant's well picks? Written. Yeah, it's yeah, so it well written. Yeah, no, I watched it. So basically, I got into it. Um, we were coming back from seeing Bob's Burgers live. And I watched um, about half of the series on the train coming back from D.C. And then I got home and I finished watching it. And then I told Grant, I was like, you have to watch this. And it was like a Saturday morning. And we seriously went through the entire thing in like, you know, like like four hours or however long it took us to get through. Um, just it, So I wa- ended up watching it twice, basically, like in the course of like two days. Which says a lot, but but it's, it's, it's you know, from the Thirty Rock creators. Yeah, it's from the Thirty Rock creators. It's hilarious. Yeah, I'll have to. I, it's in my queue. I just I ugh, I just haven't gotten around to it. I know there's so many things in my queue. I mean, it's just ridiculous. I'm I just started a new role with Mashable where I'm um, doing more video stuff. Um, I got a promotion and I'm very excited. So I'm going to be doing more of our kind of a uh, live uh, meerkat periscoping stuff, and then doing some like weekly video content, and um um. One of the things we're going to be doing is Monday morning TV uh, recaps of uh, Kardashians, Game of Thrones, and Mad Men. That, I will watch that. I'll be there. Yep. I'll watch yep. it. Yep. I got, I love Mad Men. I love Game of Thrones. I just, I, I love, I'm so, I can't, I can't express how excited I am that I am the age that I am in this golden age of television to where I can truly yep. appreciate it. But I'm not so old that I don't, that I, that it's not like a cool thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I can share that experience with everybody that's also my age. Like I love that this is the time. So it's just, it's the best feeling ever. It, totally I agree. love that you appreciate your current environment. So many people wait till they get old and then look back and say, oh man, those are the days. No way. It's awesome to like be excited about what's happening right now. It's now. Like it's so now. And I know the thing is, is if you spend all your time either looking back or looking forward, then you don't get to enjoy what's going on right in front of your face. And that sucks. I feel exactly the same. Like I, I, I have my entire life. I have promised myself I would never spend time regretting things I, I decided to do. Yeah. And I have plenty of things I could regret, but I don't dwell on it. And I don't, you know, spend a lot. I, I don't even like reading spoilers for, you know, something right now. I just want to experience everything and appreciate it as it happens i like that yeah and i think that's a really good just general way to kind of go about things because 
Otherwise, you just end up either being bummed about everything that used to be cool, or you are either scared or trying to control or plan things that are coming and it's like you're making yourself either way crazy. you're annoying at parties yeah yeah <laughs> right. and well it's just it's just like you'll make yourself crazy acting like that it's just there's no there's you don't you never win in that situation it's just lose both ways like just enjoy it like so many people today with the star wars thing and and i gotta i gotta split in a couple minutes so I'll, this will be the last thing that i say um the star wars thing like i have so many friends who full disclosure i met my husband playing star wars galaxies so we're nerds. That's awesome. Like we're nerds, deep nerds. And we, like our whole group of people that we were friends with, we were all smugglers. Everybody played the same class. We all hung out in the same forum for the game. And then we all quit and we all started our own forum. And that forum is still active today. It's over, it's 10 years old this August. And which is amazing. And we're all still friends. But so many people in that forum have been so burned by the prequels and by Star Wars Galaxies. And by Star Wars The Old Republic, like <laughs> right. they are they are so skeptical, they cannot let themselves enjoy that teaser trailer today. Like they can't. Like they're just like, I just I can't. I can't watch. I can't enjoy it. I don't want to see it. Like I'm just I don't I don't have any expectations. Like and I think that's a bummer. Like I because you know, it's it, you gotta open yourself up to that joy, man. Like what what else are you gonna do with yourself? Like you're just gonna frump around for the next eight months like you're not gonna watch it you're gonna refuse to watch it because why because you're afraid of of being burned again like who cares it's a movie you'll live it'll be fine and on that beautiful note we'll wrap before we all get jaded and cynical <laughs> i will never get jaded and cynical thanks for being here ashley it was great thanks for Thank having you so me. much ashley you guys are delightful you, you are delightful anytime and we we need to like meet in IRL like for sure yes an in-person meeting would be fantastic and uh one of these days we also you and I just need to talk about the absolute amazingness that is RuPaul's Drag Race it's my favorite show yes. on television. Uh, okay mine too we're, we're best friends now like for real so I'm yes. going to DragCon so I like <gasps> yeah I'll take pictures I'll take some pictures for you oh, I was amazing. in a Pandora box music video and I directed one of her music videos I'll send that to you <gasps> oh my god oh my god oh my god Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to, oh, we immediate guys, everyone listening. Now you just heard it. We became best friends. There you go. We just became best friends like completely For and life. utterly. John C. Riley, Will Ferrell-esque best friends. Like that's BFF. Yes. Yes, exactly. That's we're going to have so much more room for activities. It's, yeah. So much room for activities. <laughs> that was the first quote that came up when I typed stepbrothers into my text expander snippet. <laughs> Who's your favorite dinosaur? All right. Well, again, thank you. And thanks, everybody, for listening. And uh, do you have any final words, either of you? Oh, I think I said my piece. I, I have a new good. best friend. I'm so excited. Yay. Well, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll try to arrange your, uh, your IRL. Perfect. In California. It's more fun. It's yes. just prettier there. It is. Done. All right. Done. Well, thanks again. And we'll see everybody in a week. This system is going down low.